Podcast. This is review number 248 with a review of The World's End. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Battery. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue the latest film releases hitting a theater near you. Uh, this week, as I said, we are here to bring you a review of The World's End, which is something that I believe that uh, you and I, Carson, have been pretty excited for. A, uh, just a little bit. Yeah, just, you know, just one of those films. Just that, a wee bit. You know, it, it's really easy to get behind and get excited. I mean, we are huge fans of both Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Um, I believe, was for you, was Shaun of the Dead your favorite of those two? Uh, I don't know. That's a hard choice. All right. Well, for me, it was always, I don't know. For me, it was always easy. Hot Fuzz was my favorite out of the two. I mean, they're both tops, but uh, Hot Fuzz was up there. I couldn't, I couldn't remember if you were the one that I knew that was like polar opposite with me on that one but anyways I honestly if you like you just asked that question right now I would not be able to answer succinctly that's that's I probably have to be you know go into long details uh, comparing the two as to I, I, I don't know I mean I think they're both at the same level yeah well that's totally fine I mean you're not on trial here uh, you know neither of those those <laughs> films were you know, they didn't commit murder, and you're not here trying to defend them and get one of them out of prison them. or anything. You know, it's just so so everything's good. But uh, but yeah, this is a big, exciting uh, film. I mean, it's nice to uh, be able to come back from my week vacation and get to review a film that I'm really excited for instead of just you know having to put up with some other random trash that's being released that weekend. I mean, you basically went on vacation at the right time because everything else that came out last week was uh not worth it did you see everything that did come out i did see everything yeah you want to run through what those were real fast okay sure i saw kick-ass 2 all right which uh was not as good as the original at all i know uh i was a big fan of the first one i think you were too yeah, right that's correct first kick-ass yeah um the only the only way i can explain kick-ass 2 is like how um jurassic park 3 is like <laughs> completely different in terms of like aesthetic and quality yeah compared to the first two jurassic parks i mean nothing against joe johnson but i mean steven spielberg is just you know a different caliber of filmmaker and i think that matthew vaughn is a much uh higher filmmaker in uh terms of creating like the style and the world of kick-ass and just i mean that movie is such a hard tone to nail really yeah. i think uh you know talked a lot about uh comedy and action over the past couple movies this summer and um you know i think matthew vaughn really struck the the right tone with the first kick-ass where um you know it's like a parody of superhero movies but it's also its own thing and um the look of it was very much like a, a glossy superhero movie, but it's, you know, this crazy, violent, and uh, profane thing. And basically, they just take all of that in Kick-Ass 2 and throw it away. Yeah, um, yeah it's a, it's it really feels unnecessary, and they really waste uh, Jim Carrey, who I thought was really good in the film. Um, he's not in it that much, but... Yeah, that's uh, what I've been hearing. Like, he's playing, like... 
yeah, he's playing like a legitimately awesome character. Like if he was in a like I, I was saying like if he was in like a Martin Scorsese like crime movie, like he would fit right in like as this uh ex crime guy who, you know, turned vigilante. Yeah. Um like it, he's like that good of a, of a performance. Like it's a, you know, a performance that I always like to see from actors, you know, playing against type and uh yeah, it was really awesome, but other than that, it's uh, it was not good. So. All right. Well, what else did you see? Uh, the Butler, Lee Daniels, the Butler. I guess the official title now. Yeah. Um, but the Butler was probably uh, the best thing that came out last weekend, even though it was still uh, it was it was pretty much like a TV movie, a lifetime TV movie with uh, a lot of big stars in it. And I think that's I think that's what what ultimately was its downfall was there were way too many stars in it. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like this guy's story, um, you know, that Forrest Whitaker, his character that he's playing, I think it's a great story. Like, I, you know, this guy who worked as a butler in the White House for 30-plus years, there's a lot of rich material there, but Forrest Whitaker never seems to be the focus of the movie. Like, it's always going off into these different subplots. Like, his son becomes you know, involved in the civil rights movement, and then, like, we're switching back to Oprah Winfrey, who's playing his wife, and she's got, like, a drinking problem, and, and you know, it's, we're getting time with, like, all the presidents, which are played by, you know, recognizable actors, who pretty much don't look like the people who they're playing, yeah. uh, aside from Alan Rickman, kind of looks like Ronald Reagan, but uh, John Cusack as Nixon, like, come on, give me a break. Uh, I like John Cusack, but, like, really, he looks nothing like Nixon other than, like, him trying to do the voice. And it's just really distracting. Like, I think that a movie like that needed to be a lot more subtle, a lot more nuanced. And uh, I thought it would have worked great as, like, a like a, a limited series on, like, HBO yeah. or something where it's only focusing on... Forrest Whitaker's character and not all of these other characters and you're distracted by the fact that like oh look there's Robin Williams and there's Liev Schreiber and so and so. One of the comments I heard was that it was like it was pretty good and then towards the end it sort of becomes this like propaganda piece. Um, That's kind of just the what I've been hearing. Yeah so. I mean that didn't even really bother me because I felt like uh, but but like the way it's presented is something I don't think can be presented visually it, because it's like they're trying to show you that this guy was born in a time like he was born on a, a you know on a farm where he was a, a slave essentially and a servant and um, you know he lived to see Obama elected president and I don't think that kind of feeling is something you can put on screen like having Forrest Whitaker cry when he sees Obama elected president I don't think is enough to really convey like that feeling of change you know like it's just something that I just don't think could be there I don't know unless someone like another filmmaker could do it but I just yeah I just don't think that's something you could put onto film really um so the butler and I saw Jobs which is (laughs) <laughs> I almost wanted you to go see Jobs so we could talk about it, because <laughs> Jobs was terrible. I'm 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 still waiting for Sorkin's version. Oh, of course. Well, like Jobs is pro- was probably the worst movie of last weekend, and yeah, you should wait for the Sorkin version because uh, this was like the 
this was the hey we don't have the rights but we're still going to do it we want to be the first out of the gate yeah. version and it shows because it, it definitely looks like amateur hour and um you know ashton kutcher may look like steve Jobs, but he you know can't embody you know just walking like weirdly like having like the weird walk and talking and having the same kind of mannerisms doesn't mean like you're Steve Jobs. It's like like his whole performance is very actory. Like, look at me, I'm acting, yeah. and that's the whole the whole thing. And um, you know, that's another movie where it's. I mean, the, the the main problem with Jobs is that Steve Jobs was like such a visionary and such a genius. And he's he was known for like pushing the boundaries and like you know being this kind of kind of a dick and and uh, but you know people tolerated him uh, most of the time because he got stuff done and he did things that were incredible. But like the fact that like in in Jobs the movie we get all that, but then like the the fact that like they're stating. He's such a visionary. He's pushing people to do, you know, think out of the box and whatever. It's ironic that it's made by filmmakers and people who are making the most generic thing possible. Like it's the the movie itself doesn't do anything to really break the ground of like the biopic yeah. genre or to even, you know, give Steve Jobs his due. Like I think that like it's pretty much an embarrassment that you know this is the treatment that he got obviously we're going to be getting probably the definitive one sooner or later from Aaron Sorkin but and that's also kind of how I felt about the butler was like really this guy had such an extraordinary story and like this is what you know this is how it's being handled like that's that's what really pissed me off about Jobs also the fact that like they changed a lot of stuff and tried to make Jobs like this holier than thou figure and it's like dude Jobs like stole a bunch of that crap from Xerox, like because they have a scene where they have a scene where um, the only scene where we reference Bill Gates. He there's a scene where Ashley Kutcher gets on the phone and he's talking to Bill Gates and he's pissed because you know Microsoft stole his concept yeah, and ideas yeah. and he's just like, "How dare you!" And it's supposed to be this really dramatic moment and it's not because it's very actory and. It's uh, yeah, it just doesn't come off as genuine. But the fact that like they're trying to make it look like that Steve Jobs was the was the guy who came up with this, and Apple was the only people who had this kind of you know tech, and that Bill Gates came along and stole it. It's like no, he stole that from Xerox, and then Bill Gates stole it from him. So it's like he really isn't you know the like holier than thou figure that they're trying to make him out in this movie. And then I just kept going back to like, dude, Pirates of Silicon Valley from like 1999. Yeah. That, that movie was like a TV movie, but that movie was the shit. Like Noah Wiley as Steve Jobs. He was yeah. Steve Jobs. Like that was a, uh, a performance that really captured the guy I thought. And uh, the whole time I'm watching Jobs, I was like, man, Kutcher is Noah Wiley because I, I, I feel like, Noah Wiley in that movie really captured it. And plus, I mean, that movie, I don't think, I think that movie took liberties too, but it was just a lot more entertaining and you like, you got, you know, it wasn't just about jobs. It was about Bill Gates and it was about all those other guys. And, um, you know, they made like Steve Wozniak cool and like in jobs, he's just kind of like, uh, he's just like comic relief, fat guy, yeah, comic yeah. relief, basically. 
which is lame. It's just like he was just as important as Jobs was. So I also paranoia and just no. Just give us like your your forward review because I want to get it. I want to get everything going here. Uh, no, 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 and no. <laughs> All right, there you no. go. <laughs> I. I I I only say this. Remember how we were kind of excited that Josh Holloway was in it? Uh, I don't I don't know if that's it. Well, like we were talking about how like Josh Holloway was in Paranoia, right? Yeah. His entire role is in the trailer. I'm not kidding. His entire role is in the trailer. That's how bad Paranoia right. is. Very nice. Well, that that's so good enough. Go. So so don't see even though I I have a fond memory of the movie Antitrust, Paranoia is not something I should put myself through. <laughs> Uh, no. You should wait for Runner okay. Runner. Well, I mean, I, I am waiting for Runner Runner because I got to see Batman running this uh, <laughs> this uh, poker <laughs> ring of evil, whatever. Um, <laughs> this guy throwing people to the crocodiles. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you say we stop holding off and we just jump right into this review of The World's End? I got to hurry up and chug uh, 12 pitchers of beer. 12 pitchers? Yeah, not pitchers. <laughs> 12 pints of beer. Wish. And you guys... <laughs> you guys take a listen to the trailer and then uh, we will come back and let you know what we thought of this film and we're back just like the five musketeers three musketeers isn't it? well nobody knows how many there were really do they you know that the three musketeers is a fiction right written by Alexander Dumas a lot of people are saying that about the bible these days what that it was written by Alexander Dumas <laughs> don't be daft Steve it was written by Jesus we there yeah let's do this they haven't seen each other in 20 years. I'm free to do what I want. But tonight, they're returning to their hometown to finish the ultimate bar crawl. This is our chance to finally conquer the Golden Mile. 12 pubs, 12 pints. And this time, they're going to make it to the last bar, the world's end. Let's go! What do you recommend? Yeah. We'll have five of those, please. Four of those and a tap water. What? Look who it is. Wow, long time. Gary. Welcome, bienvenue. Welcome. Well, it's weird, isn't it? You come back and everything's sort of different. I suggest you get on your way. Welcome home, boys. <laughs> it's not us that's changed, it's the town. What are you doing? It's alright, I'm not trying to have sex with you. There's something I need to tell you right now. Unless you do want to have sex, in which case I'll tell you afterwards. Tell me right now. What did he say, sir? Newton Haven has been taken over by robots. Did you believe him? Should head back to London. A, we're all drunk. B, we've got blood on our hands. It's more like ink. We've got ink on our hands. Ah! From the creators of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Let's climb down the drain pipe. I got a better idea. Climb down the drain pipe. The only way to survive the night what? is to make it all the way to the world's end. Where are the others? They're blending in. Hello, I am a robot. We're just five friends on a night out <laughs> having a good time. The world's end. What the hell is that? I we are gonna get to the world's end if it kills us. Oh no! All right, so here we have the world's end, the uh, third part of the Cornetto trilogy, 
That is the film series from Edgar Wright. This is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and here, The World's End. A group of buddies are, recon- are joining back together to try to finish this pub crawl they tried to do back when they were younger, 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, they return to their old hometown. And, you know, the town doesn't seem to be uh, as you know normal, I guess, as it was before. Something is definitely off. And as they try to make their way through this pub crawl, things are just getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And, uh... Yeah, a bunch of crazy awesomeness ensues. So, Carson, did this film live up to everything you hoped it would? Um, well, I was just going to say that uh, we've been having technical difficulties throughout this episode uh, the longer we record. But uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem because I feel like this review is going to be pretty short and sweet. Uh, I don't know how many times I can say that uh, if you don't see The World's End, then uh, I guess you have a problem. You have a problem that needs to be rectified in that you should see this movie. You should see it <laughs> many times. should maybe see it 12 times, each with a different brew in your hand. I, I, I mean, I just feel like, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like people, it's like people who didn't like Scott Pilgrim, which were a lot of them. And I just, I, you know, and, and I guess there are some legitimate, legitimate haters i don't know why but like the the people who majority or the majority of people who just said like uh yeah i don't like michael Sarah. it's like it's crazy because there's there's so much to love in that film there's so much to admire uh technically that I, it just blows my mind that that some people just would dismiss something like that even though it's just as awesome as any of egg, other egg uh ugh. Sorry, any of um, Edgar Wright's other movies, and I, I, I feel like this entry is a, a worthy close to this little trilogy that they've created over the years. I mean, uh, I just, I don't know how you could sit through this and not find something to like yeah. and not have a good time. Like, uh, this is going to be like the most amazing double feature with uh, "This Is the End." I predict one day at the New Beverly, it'll be this is the end, world's end double feature with uh, like the entire cast there, and it's gonna just, it's gonna be ridiculous. Like I, I just, this is like a, a great summer movie. Uh, in addition to being, you know, a really funny comedy and being, uh, you know, like how the other uh, two are, they are, you know, they're equally a send up to the genre and it's also, you know, a legitimate entry. Like it's, 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 uh, it's, it's very loving. It's very lovingly made and, and it's got great characters and there's a lot of heart in it and, uh, a lot of laughs too, of course. And, uh, a lot of entertainment. I mean, just, just, there is, uh, like I said, there's just so much. So obviously I don't want to give anything away. Um, but there's just a lot to love in this movie. I mean, if you've seen any of of the other uh, films that Edgar Wright has done, or uh, if you're coming in fresh, like I, I think that like either way, like this movie will definitely uh, please yeah. anyone. I would I would imagine. I mean, it's got like a ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. It's it's definitely. Uh, it's it's definitely being received very very well, and I think rightly so. I, I just think that there's a lot of 
clever things in it. Uh, if you were to ask me if this, which is better, this or this is the end, uh, that is another question I couldn't really answer um, because I think they both have their strong suits and they're both like completely different styles of comedy too. I mean, they're, they are distinctly their own thing, their own creations. And, uh, and you know, like, I mean, like I said, like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, those were stories that have been told before and same with the world's end, but they, uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, they make it their own thing. Like it is distinctly theirs. And, um, that's what sets it apart. That's what sets it above, you know, make, makes it a cut above the rest. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I was, I wasn't necessarily surprised. I was just, you know, uh, very, very happy that it, uh, was as good as I was hoping it to be. I mean, cause I mean, if it wasn't, I don't think that would be possible, but that would be very upsetting. Yeah. But well, yeah, I, mean, I, I think I think there's a lot of different ways you can, you can look at this, <laughs> at this film. Cause obviously, Obviously, it, it as you said, it has all the feel of those first two films, and it is doing it is doing what those did, where it takes a genre, it acts inside it. Well, like I mean, I think this one kind of comments less on the sci-fi genre than the other films comment on on their genres. Yeah, it's less of a parody in this one. It, it's kind of interesting. Like they do, it, it, if this film wasn't primarily a comedy, like if this was supposed to be straight sci-fi with comedy elements it would be committing some heinous crimes of like only like basically this film waits till literally the last five minutes of the film to unveil all the plot surrounding the entire film. And it does it in a way that in like, if this was an actual sci-fi film and we got all that exposition right at the end, we'd be like riling against it and, and saying it's like terrible and stuff But because, because it's a comedy and the way that um, it's set up to that moment and the way the review, like is done it actually works and it kind of it kind of adds an interesting spin on uh the character's reality to the universe they're existing in because in in a way i mean the the other films are about kind of really charismatic characters um that we are from the beginning of the film like uh riling behind and hoping that they succeed in this film uh simon Pegg is he's kind of like a selfish dick yeah he's more unlikable than his other characters yeah, and, and, and though he's funny, he is, as you said, he's, he's an unlikable guy, and you're kind of like, he's kind of obnoxious in a way, and in the context of the scene, it's funny in the film, so it's not it's not obnoxious to the to the world, but like, you being a friend with his character would be obnoxious, like, you, you would just be like, man, this guy... He's the typical man-child who still hasn't grown up, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, in, in Shaun of the Dead, he was dealing with similar themes of, of you know, not being able, not not growing up and not really learning what it's like to exist in the real world. Um, and I think that, that it's, it's not used as a metaphor in this film. It's just literally like, this is just a, an older Simon Pegg who um, yeah. really hasn't accomplished anything with his life. And the one thing he cares about is accomplishing, finishing this pub crawl that he started back when he was 18 or whatever it was. Um, and it, like, it, it's, it's, it's weird watching the film because like, it's, he is almost oblivious like he obviously because it's hard to deny that there's sci-fi things happening around him but like he's not even concerned with that like everybody else is like oh oh shit what are we gonna do like there's these robots everywhere and he's kind of like nope i just want to grab a beer and uh uh but 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 it totally works like it's it's really hilarious and uh 
I, you, know, you said you weren't surprised, and I wasn't surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did either. But what I was surprised by was the the fight choreography in this film is phenomenal. Like I, th- that first scene. It, yeah, that, that first scene where they encounter the people in the uh, the bathroom, this is a scene from the trailer where, like, they're grabbing each other's faces and stuff. Like, that that surprised me a lot. It's, it's, it's pretty badass. Like, uh, just, I, I, did, I just didn't expect that level of intensity and action. And especially the, uh, uh, also in the trailer, the, the woman with the arms or the legs on her arms. Uh, that fight was, like... I, I like in the theater. I wanted to stop, rewind, and rewatch that fight because I couldn't believe what I was yeah. watching. The the fight scenes in this movie are as legitimate as the fight scenes in something like the Bourne movies. Like they are, uh, they are better than a lot of the fight scenes in the movies in the legit action movies this summer. Like I, I think that, uh, or I was, I, I heard that they actually. They, they were committed to doing them, um, you know, for real, like not have stunt yeah. guys. Like that was actually them doing it because they wanted it to feel like, you know, the real deal. Um, and I think just having, um, yeah, just having that, having them do it is, is pretty awesome. But like, I also love that, that the fights are well choreographed, yeah, yeah. but th- their fighting styles like fit their characters. Like they're not, like expert fighters all of a sudden when they break out into fight, there's still, it's still kind of sloppy and they, they still, you know, make mistakes and stuff. It, it's, it's just really well done. Cause it, it does, it, it feels like real people fighting. It doesn't feel like, Oh, all of a sudden Nick Frost knows martial arts or something, you know? Yeah. yeah he didn't dial into the matrix and learn how to do Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just really well, well done. Yeah. That that whole fight where like Simon Pegg is trying to, uh, to 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 finish his beer is like it's so well choreographed. I I also love that the uh, it, it's weird what they do with these these robotic beings. Like they're technically what you're watching is like incredibly gory, but like they're built like giant Lego men, where like parts can just pop off and like it's not actually gory but if you really think about what's happening it's it's crazy um but then <laughs> yeah. things can also break and smush open and stuff like that so it's like it's it's crazy because you have this like really visceral like almost uh almost 300 uh <laughs> gore to your fight yet it's it's also playful and kind of silly and um yeah it's just i i think this film uh is just it's unlike anything that we've seen for quite a while and it's uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a real crowded pleaser. Like, I, I could see somebody who didn't like Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz maybe not liking this film either. Uh, but I I think if you've liked either of those two other ones, even if, even if you think one of them is far below one of the others, I think this film is definitely going to give you something that um, y- you can get excited about and have a lot of fun with and walk out of the theater just really enjoying yourself. I mean, I saw this on, on at a Thursday night showing, so I got home pretty late and... Uh, when I got home, I was, like, not able to go to sleep for an hour afterwards because I was, like, so amped up from seeing this film. It's definitely one of those movies. I mean, uh, like I said, I don't know. Someone someone has to. There's there's stuff for everyone in this movie. Like, I, I feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find someone yeah. you just flat out, which is like, bah humbug, this movie was terrible or whatever. Uh yeah, I mean that. I I also I was just gonna say I, I also really liked like the, 
I also like I agree that I, I like the the look of the robots and like how they use like the blue ink as instead of just being super gory and having it be really violent and everything. But uh, it did add to that that playful nature. Um, but like the like they're like light faces or you know them yeah, trying yeah. to like you know invade your body like anytime they switched on the, like that like there was something like. There, there was. It wasn't like the movie isn't scary, but there's something like inherently scary about just this yeah. like sleepy little town that's overrun by, you know, an alien race or something, uh, or, or just overrun by anything like suspicious and acting, you know, creepy. And I, I think that's why it it it, uh, it totally works that way. Like it, it you totally yeah. get that sense of like. You know, oh, there's definitely something fishy going on in this town, and um, yeah, I mean, I just I like the the overall design of the the robots or wherever you want to call them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think pretty much just it, the entire time, it's it gives you something from all aspects of what what you'd want out of a film that promises what this film does i mean you know it kind of started off a little bit slow with like the 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 flashback to the younger times and kind of just explaining what happened in the past and getting ready and you know them trying to convince everybody to actually go on this trip in the first place and um you know like it's it's played as a joke but the repetitive nature of the first few pubs that they go in like it it was kind of starting off a little bit slow but it was still it progresses it almost in like two separate chunks of the film where it's like this is all this relationship stuff where you get to you know they're hinting at different things that happened back in the day and you're kind of building up these characters so that as the shit starts hitting the fan you actually get to like as you said they each have their own fighting style but part of that fighting style relates to the inner the events that took place when they were younger and like it's you know it, it all it all works by the end of the film yeah i mean it's it just has a, a great sense of fun and adventure and uh you know i i it it really handles everything pretty well i mean like you said there is kind of there is a good build up to like get you invested in these characters and then you know from a certain point in the movie on it's just all crazy shenanigans and there's a lot of great you know callbacks to the other films and uh you know, those are those are always great to see. And I mean, everything in this movie is just so deliberate and it's so you can tell that it was like so very planned out and everything is there for a reason. Uh, you know, even certain jokes like are, are worked back in, you know, to the story and they have meaning and every everything just has a meaning in this film. It's not like they just threw it together and was like, we need to make another, yeah. you know, movie together because we're friends or whatever. Uh, I mean, it's just there's there's so much effort and creativity put into the structure of this movie and like how it all comes together and e- even like the little things like just tiny details of how like each pub is has its own like distinct uh, quality to it, but they're all kind of the same. Like they all have like I was noticing like they all have like the signs in them that have like the number of the pub and. And like yeah. little things like that, uh, that connect them all together, and yeah, it's just it's really well done. I mean, it, like I I, ex- I really didn't expect anything less from from Edgar Wright. Like I, I feel like you know, I went into this pretty confident. Like 
this this is gonna be a solid flick. Like I I feel like the the man can do no wrong. Like he just knows how to to create these awesome movies and uh yeah like I I, I it's there's really nothing else to say other than you shouldn't be listening <laughs> to this right now. You should be going to see it yeah, if you haven't not. seen it already. Yeah, or going I, I to see it that. again. This, this I don't is, know. This is one of those films that like you're. Yeah. Uh, gonna be able to put on and watch a million times, um, just because it, it's that awesome. I mean, I've I know I've I've sat people down to watch Hot Fuzz and they kind of were like not interested, but the 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 further into the story you got, the more they they were like, okay, now I see why you wanted me to watch this because it's badass. Um, th- this film is definitely in that same in that same way. I mean, obviously the the subject matter is a yeah. little bit darker. There's they like allude to a lot of really dark stuff. <laughs> that that is taking place in between the events that f- first started their their attempt at the golden mile and the events that start at the beginning of this film. Yeah, this is the most dramatic of the three of them. It's weird cuz cuz the other films they kind of uh yeah, at least you know specifically with uh Shaun of the Dead, like there are there are very dramatic themes but they're all used they're all explained in metaphors in what is happening in the overall world at the time and this film uh, avoids using metaphors yeah. to talk about that and simply has characters allude to things that have happened in the past. So it's um, it's, it's handled differently, but I mean, it de- definitely some really messed up stuff, especially between the relationship between um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in this film. Definitely some heavy themes, for sure. Yeah. Was there any uh, last thoughts you have about this film before we go ahead and get to our verdict? Uh, no, I think that was it. All right, cool. Well, uh... Carson, if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? I would definitely give it a must-see. I don't think I need to explain further <laughs> other than please see it because you should. Yep, I'm going to give it a must-see also. Uh, this It's it's a freaking awesome film, and I think... Uh, Obviously, like even if you're like, oh, I'm definitely gonna see it, but I wait for wait to rent it, or maybe I'll catch it, whatever. Like you want to see it in a packed house with a bunch of people who are all there to see exactly what you're going to see, which is an awesome film. Um, I think this is a, it's just it's just enjoyable start to finish, and I think it's it's definitely worth seeing with a group of people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, why would you rent it? No. Yeah. No. Go see it in the theater. And the the good thing about this, uh, you know, this Cornetto's trilogy is that uh, it's not plot-wise a trilogy. It's just a trilogy of films that are all um, in the same style of filmmaking. Um, so you don't have to worry about like, oh, well, I never saw Shaun of the Dead or I never saw Hot Fuzz. Yeah. You can just go see this movie and then realize the mistake you made by not seeing those other films and then <laughs> go back and watch those. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So there you go. This is this is this is the first must see where we are telling you not only must you see it, but you must go back and watch two other films also. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Usually, it doesn't we, matter. It doesn't matter which in the order in which you watch them, but you should watch them all. Yeah. Normally, when we're giving you required watching along with a film, it's because it's bad, and we're telling you about a film that's better than it. Um, in this case, we're telling you about three films that are awesome, all of which you should be seeing. But while this is in theaters, yes. you should go see it. Yes, and then you should chase it all down with Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, uh, I think that is going to do it for this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Uh, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Cool. 
people can call uh, find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show. You can follow us on Twitter to figure out when these episodes go live at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, The World's End. Uh, hopefully that's available. And, uh, yeah. Um, I think uh, next week uh, we will also have to uh, do another Skippy week because that is the week that I'm moving and I have like literally that weekend only to be out of one house and into another. Um, so mm. we should... Luckily, re- it's a three-day weekend. True. But, uh, yeah, after that, we should be returning to the normally scheduled program, possibly even with multiple reviews per week. But uh, until I get settled into that new place, I am on a very hectic, crazy schedule. So please bear with us, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Sorry, there's there's some phasing issues that people might not even recognize listening at home because I will do my best to um, fix that. Uh, But obviously there's times where it's really hard to interject with somebody when the words you're hearing are coming, like, four seconds after they said them <laughs> so there was i just started noticing the delay <laughs> like five minutes ago so I was like, oh. yeah I, I was definitely trying to like not jump in on the topic you were saying until like you stopped and then i'm like okay now it's time to go uh that 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 is the pain of a remotely um recording with somebody so Hopefully that wasn't too it's bad. It's like if you guys. call someone from the. It's like if you call some from someone from the Middle East. There's like a three-second delay or something. Anyways, that's the podcast. Thank you guys yeah. for listening, and uh, we will uh, catch you next time.